Hello and welcome to Yerushalmi Brachos Dav Lamed Vav in the Ozoder print. We are going to start a conversation and hopefully it'll take us uh, to the next plot as well. So um, just at the bottom of the page of Lamed Hamad Bays, this story starts. Rav Zera Shara B'Dibora. Rav Zera was giving a hespid, and this is the last sigi, by the way, of all the um, t- talk about Avelis, etc. So he was giving a hespid, and all of a sudden he stopped speaking and he fainted. So us and Ben Mizgafine, they l- tried to straighten him out. They literally thought he died. But then they saw that he was actually alive and was capable of talking so they said to him well what happened so he said to them what do you mean this is the whole reason we came here the pasuk says alibo. so like the mafarshim explained that he was thinking about death because he was at the funeral and he actually made an impact on him i want to read a gemara at the end and then i want to come back to maybe explain a little ha'ara on this and then one quick ha'ara that'll hopefully carry us to the next plot as well so the gemara tells us later on that originally we know that uh, from from Bodley as well, that there was something called a shur, which was a line. And we know that in, in the way that even it's done nowadays, at the end of the Leviah, the Avelim stand in one spot, and then all the people that are being menachem them, they pass by. However, the Gemara says that originally that was not the minhag. Well, actually, it started off that way, then it changed where the Avelim um, actually used to walk. But in Sipori, they fought. There were some families that wanted to go first, and they argued who should walk first, etc. So then they changed it, and they just said, there's too much fighting. Let the Avelim just stay where they are, and everybody will walk by them. So then there's no covet about where they're standing. It's just that's wherever they wherever they are. So that's, that sounds a little crazy. Like here, they literally just buried someone, and they're honoring about covet. How could that be? So what's very fascinating is a famous, there's a famous line from Israel Salanter that they asked him that it says, Tov lechaz abes avol melchaz abes amishtab. So it seems to be that somebody that's around those that passed away or somebody that deals with it, for example, the people on the Hever Kadisha that deal with death all day, they should be the greatest tzaddikim because they're fulfilling that Pasuk all the time. And so why is it that you don't find necessarily, no offense, I know many great people that are part of Hever Kadisha, but why is it that it doesn't seem to make them the greatest Gedolei Hadar, even though they're literally fulfilling that Pasuk much more often, they probably go to much more Levias daily, weekly, etc. Than, um, than many other people attend weddings. So Rishol Salanter said, it's the same thing with a horse and the hearse that carries a dead body. The Pasuk says, alibo. On the contrary, the more you're, a, a person is osik in that, it's a great chesed, etc., but the more he becomes desensitized, and if he doesn't have a alibo, it's worthless. So that is exactly why I believe the Gemara is ending with this lesson, this story about Rezera, that he literally almost died, because that's a, that's a great person. He was alibo. He actually took it to heart. So that's the discussion of all these things, that that the purpose of life is for us to take it to heart. And that explains the contrast that people at Tipori, these families, that they weren't alibo. They could literally be at a funeral of a loved one and see life in front, life and death in front of them, and that should awaken them, but it doesn't at all, just like Rachel Salanter said, because they're literally like the hearse, they're like the horses that are carrying the dead body, and there's no impact on them because there's no alibo, and they're fighting about pettiness. So just a lesson to think about, that sometimes in our own lives, we sometimes could be in a place where we could be humbled, but if we don't take advantage of that, and we don't fulfill the Chayit and Alibo, it's not worth very much. The last thing is the Mishnah on Lamed Vavon Beis, which again we'll start talking about. It says, Nashim Vavadim Gitanim are Pater from Kriyashma. Now, um, there's a huge machlokas here, whether it's the Rice or not. For example, the Bavli um, in Kedushin Daf Lamed Hay. It says that the, the exemption that women are putter from, from tefillin because the mitzvah says 
and that their potter from Mitzvah Shazman Gram is actually learned from this, not from the Mishnah, but from the fact that the Torah itself potters. What the exact source is, there's a lot of Machlokas Rishonim, whether it's Doraisa, etc. Um, hopefully we'll get to talk about it a little bit more, but there's a very famous Machlokas Rashi Tosis that people are very familiar with in this exact Mishnah about whether these Katanim that we're talking about, these miners that are potter, how old are they? According to Tosis, he says, it must be that they haven't reached the age of Chinuch. According to Rashi, Rashi says that, that they are Higil Osman Chinuch. The Chorah, the Tosefta in Chagiga, which seems to be the source, um, and it's also quoted in the Bavli and Sukkah, Daf Mem so it says that as soon as a child knows to talk, the father should teach him the first pasuk of Shema, and then of course the Bach in Arachaim Simon Ayin talks about how um, it doesn't just mean the first pasuk, it means more but hopefully we'll get into this discussion a little bit more what exactly the Yushami's opinion is there's a very famous Tosas Riki Vega on the Mishnah here, and the Mara upon him has a whole shtickle on it as well, Ayin Shem, hopefully once we have a little bit more background in the next plot then we'll, I hope to be able to come back to this Blee Netter. have a great day